Welcome to the Financial Coaches Network, a show to help financial coaches build and grow successful coaching businesses by focusing on the three pillars, getting clients, working with clients, and running the business. I'm Garrett Philbin, financial coach, accredited financial counselor, certified money coach, and founder of the 4,000 Person Strong Financial Coaches Community Facebook group. And I'm Joshua Escalante Troche. I'm a tenured professor, a serial entrepreneur, a certified financial planner, and I run a nonprofit organization that provides financial planning resources to over 100,000 families each year. So get that pen and paper ready or open up the notes app on your phone. It's time to build your ideal coaching business. Today, this is actually the one that was the most upvoted, I think, out of any topic that we asked across three different like topics. So for marketing and sales, operations, questions about clients, this was the one that like for all of them was the most upvoted. Big one. And what we're covering today is what the heck is marketing versus advertising versus sales? What are the differences? What things do they have in common or what overlaps? So this is going to be a fun, fun lesson. And we'll see if we can keep it to 30 minutes. We'll try. This is a heavy topic. So we can also see what people want to cover that we don't get covered in this and just do another live. I literally just started my classes like two weeks ago. So last week for my marketing class was literally what is marketing. So at least I've had some practice with it recently. Good. Yeah. Well, that's good. I'm assuming it's Chi. Yep. Chi said, uh, we still love you, Josh, even if you are a 99% failure. So you have this point, come on, <laughs> whatever makes you feel better, whatever right, right. makes you feel better, Josh. All right. So let's talk marketing, shall we? Let's uh, do it. And we're going to start with marketing because a discussion of advertising and sales doesn't make sense. The, the differences between those don't make sense without having a better understanding of what marketing is. Marketing is probably one of the most misunderstood terms in business. And a big part of that is because most companies have a marketing department that doesn't do marketing. Well, I remember when a buddy of mine said he started working in marketing, I was like, what does that even, and I tried so hard to understand like what it is. And right. honestly, I couldn't. So this really resonates with me. Yeah. So let's start with just big picture business. There are three primary stakeholders for any business, three yeah. groups of people who care about the success of the business, that, care, that the business cares about them and their success, and they're primary stakeholders because without one of these three, the business doesn't exist. Okay. So here are the three primary groups. The three primary groups are the owners of the business the employees of the business and the customers of the business. Mm -hmm. Without one of those three, business cannot exist. Okay. Accounting is supposed to be in its ideal form. <laughs> it's supposed to be the advocate of the owners fighting for what's in the best interest of the owners. Okay. In reality, accounting tends to be the advocate of cost control, but it doesn't really live up to it. It's what I call the bastardization of what it is, yeah. what it should be. Human resources is supposed to be the advocate of the employees. My guess is many of you work at companies where you think, 
yeah, they don't really advocate for the employees all that much. So it's a lot of legal paperwork and, and that kind of stuff they end up advocating for. And then you have marketing, which is supposed to be the advocate of the customer. Hmm. Oftentimes, the distortion of that is it is the advocation of revenue generation. Yeah, I was right? going to say, I've never heard of marketing framed as the advocate of the consumer. Because it doesn't always play out uh, perfectly in the real world. And just like HR doesn't play out perfectly in the real world and accounting doesn't play out perfectly in the real world. But that is at its core what marketing is. It is supposed to be the advocate of the consumer. Now, there are other philosophies with regards to what the definition of marketing is. This is the philosophy that I belong to, just like there are different philosophies of the physics of the world. Or budgeting philosophies. Or budgeting philosophies or anything else, right? So this is the one that I belong to. It's the one that, in, in my mind, best aligns with not only what companies can be at their best, but it's also the one that aligns best with the functions of marketing. Okay. The other philosophies where it's about marketing is about generating sales, those kind of break down when you look at some of the functions of marketing. We'll talk about them in a second. Okay. So at the center of marketing is the customer. Marketing has four primary tools, also known as the four P's of marketing or the marketing mix. The four primary tools are product, price, place, and promotion. Product, companies should develop their product based on the needs of their specific target market. So like a coaching program that's relevant to your specific. So for me, if I'm working with people who are aspiring business owners, right, currently stuck in W2 jobs, I would create a program or process that says, hey, I can help you get your financial ish together so that you can find the confidence to eventually pay off your debt, quit your job, start a business. And this is why you know anyone who's going through launch is going to go, oh, okay, so these are like the philosophical things of why we're doing all this stuff. <laughs> it's why you have to research your customer's needs before you can build a coaching process. Price is you figure out what you charge, how you charge your pricing structure. So price is not just how much money do we charge, but the structure of the charging and all these other things, what your revenue models are based on your customer's needs. And this goes back to program versus ongoing coaching versus tiered. And in launch, we talk about you want to align your pricing structure So the experience that people have around pricing to the value that they receive going through your program. So there should be a connection between those two and not just the dollar amount and the theoretical benefit. And again, this is the idea of, well, it depends on the needs of your client. If your client's needs are really high in the beginning and really low in the later on, then yeah, a upfront fee makes a lot more sense. The next you've got is next thing is place distribution. It's literally how does the person get it? Yep. Is this like Facebook versus Instagram versus a billboard versus Craigslist? No, this is, I mean, I guess theoretically you can do financial coaching through billboards. It would be very expensive. (laughs) 
So this is the actual delivering of the product. Well, delivery of the product. So is it through Zoom? Is it through meetings? Do you have a book that, a workbook that you have them go through? Is it through a podcast combined with follow-up conversations after, right? Like what is the actual method of working with the client for them to receive your product, right? Your coaching. And then the last part is promotion. Promotion is everything that communicates with a, with a prospect, with a client, with the outside world. So promotion includes all those things you just said, right? Instagram, Facebook, billboards. Promotion also includes when you have an auto loan and you haven't made payments on it for three months and your bank sends you the nasty letter that basically says you are a horrible, worthless human being. We yeah. wish you had never been born and we are going to destroy. I, like, these letters get really nasty if anyone yeah. has experienced them. That is a promotion piece because it communicates with consumers. Right. And so realize that your promotion is not just what you put out there to promote your business. It's any communication you have with consumers. This is important because if you are if you have a client that has not paid you, and I'm going to go back to the banking thing because my guess is financial coaches between clients, their own personal experiences and family members' experiences have probably seen one of these letters from banks. If not, think about the three-day notice to pay rent or quit that you sometimes see when you're in an apartment taped up to someone else's door. Never your door, of course, but someone else's. And we have to realize that when a person gets that letter, that is going to impact their relationship with the business. When you communicate, hey, you haven't paid me for my month, you're, you, you're late on your payment. How you communicate that is going to impact the relationship that you have with, with the client. It's going to impact how they view your company. It's going to impact whether or not they're going to continue working with you once they kind of get things back together again. It's going to impact whether or not they refer you to other people. And so it's really important to have this more expansive view of promotion. We tend to say, well, they haven't paid me, so screw them, except that that can really harm the long-term success of your business, right? Having that kind of mentality. Yeah, there was a prospect, uh, well, client who was moving from an initial session to an ongoing session and had said, I think it said something around like, oh, yeah, I'll be on a trip and you can follow up with me after that. And, and kind of in her language, I had lost how she wanted to be communicated with. And it was kind of a little bit different than how I usually do. And she was going through a lot at the time. And the person who had connected me to her was like, there's a lot going on in her life. This is probably, it's probably more about her than you. But like, because I didn't keep in mind how she wanted to be communicated with, that lost me that additional business. So it was one thing where, yes, I was still communicating in the way that like, I would for myself, but had forgotten or not left myself a way to remember how this person wanted to be communicated with. And just realizing that like that does actually make a very, in certain instances, it can make a big difference. And we can get into the whole, like, if it's something that is technically that small and then that loses the client, is that? Is it worth having that client at that point? Yeah. Correct. But I I think just to make the point that it does matter, it's not an insignificant thing. So when we look at promotion, so hopefully we're starting to see marketing is a lot bigger than just promotion yeah, than promotion. And it's a lot bigger than what people think of. And most companies, when they have marketing departments, 
it's not even that they have promotion departments. They have promotion departments that handle one area of promotion because we're going to talk about promotion in a second, a little bit more in a little more detail. And so when we think about marketing, we really want to think about all the ways that we interact with, impact, provide service to, provide benefit to, charge, right? Everything that has to do with the customer, that is marketing. Everything that has to do with your client, that is marketing. Your coaching process is a part of marketing. Your budget and what colors you use for the headings on your budget is a part of marketing. Now, I'm not saying that that's going to be the thing that's going to determine whether or not you're successful, but like anything that interacts with the customer is a part of marketing. Yeah, that's really helpful to think of because like you said, like your budget or worksheets that you give and the overall experience, like that continuum of experience, thinking of that all as marketing helps me to think of, okay, what are areas that like I may not have that continuity across all of those experiences and that maybe giving that person kind of a whiplash of experience along that yeah. continuum. Yeah, especially if there's inconsistencies in what you focus on and the values that you're projecting as a company. Uh, what would be an example for like a financial coach? So I, I'll give you a great example as a financial coach. There is a belief of within certain uh, parts of financial coaching of you don't want to rely on tomorrow. So taking out a bunch of debt is relying on tomorrow because you're relying on that your job's going to be there tomorrow. You're relying on everything else. The problem with that is that statement is inconsistent with the idea of make huge sacrifices today in order to get a certain benefit in the future. Whether those huge sacrifices are the Dave Ramsey rice and live on rice and beans example, or are don't take the second vacation so you can put more money into your 401k. That is relying on tomorrow. And those types of things, especially if you are extremely fervent in how you express them, can start to create this environment of, well, these things are actually at odds with each other. Most people won't be able to verbalize why it feels weird. They'll just know it feels, you know, this feels off. And so having a central core value, it's why developing a strategic mission and vision are so important. And then making sure that you keep an eye on that, that you interpret all the things you're working through in your marketing through that is so important so that you have that consistency. Okay. So yeah, so let's go. So there's marketing. Now let's move on to advertising and sales. So within promotion, we've got the marketing mix. Then there is the promotion mix. So there are just like there are tools of marketing within promotion. There are tools within promotion. There are also tools within pricing and product and everything else. So everything breaks down into these smaller and smaller subcategories. Within promotion, there are five major tools four major tools. I'm going to split the fourth one into five to expand the idea a little bit more. And just before you dive in, I think yeah. you know, because yeah. we're staying super conceptual right now. So, so this is super like, conceptual. We'll get into, well, I mean, what is the difference between marketing, advertising, and sales is by in itself somewhat conceptual. 
Correct. Right? And the so reason we'll why to how we rebuild it to something that is impl- implementable. Yeah. And I think the reason why we're doing this and not necessarily being like, here's what marketing should look like in your coaching business or advertising or sales is just because these are, I would say, misunderstood areas and not mm-hmm. very clear into what the difference is. It seems maybe a little removed or esoteric, but understanding like what all of marketing is, what advertising is and what sales is, I think will give you a much better framework to then enter into deeper conversations into each of these particular areas. I agree with that. And I will also add when someone says, this is what your marketing should look like. And they say that to everyone, the same thing to everyone. What they're really saying is your customers don't matter. Your customers are not at the center of marketing. Your customers are not the center of your advertising. Here is a formula to apply and really screw your customers and screw their needs. That is literally what they're saying, because there's no other way to say it. There's no other outcome from that. And the way that I hear it is like, here's what you should do for marketing, which is like one element of one element of one part of marketing per se. Like, oh, you should use this formula within Google ads, which is a subset of promotion, which is a part of the marketing mix, which is right. So it's just why these kind of very hyper-focused do this tool or trick oftentimes doesn't work because it's not thought of within the larger context of like what you're doing for the customer. Exactly. Okay. All right. So promotion mix. I'm going to do these kind of out of order that I normally do them. So we're going to start with publicity. Publicity is what most people that in uh, the financial coaches group are wanting to do. And that is one too many communication. So you create a communication and it goes out to many people and you Instagram don't post. Basically. An Instagram post. Yeah. And you don't pay for the distribution. Writing we a don't like paying for stuff as financial coaches. I tell you what. That's why I'm starting with that one now instead of the other one. There are a lot of advantages and disadvantages to publicity. Obviously the advantages you don't pay for it. That actually plays into some of the big disadvantages as well lack of control, lack of control over the message, a whole bunch of other things. But that is, that. so that's the first element. The second element is one-to-many communication that where you do pay for the distribution. This is advertising. So that's what advertising is. Advertising is the component of the promotion mix where you're communicating to many people with the same message and you are paying for that distribution. Yep. This is the difference between putting a Facebook post out there, publicity, and clicking the boost button, promotion. The yep. same exact post, the same exact content, possibly going to the same exact people. Some of the people are going to get the publicity version. Some of the people are going to get the advertising promotion. version. Right? Okay. Yeah, the advertising version. I said promotion. I should have said advertising. Okay, so... The, so There's our first two. Our third one, which is the one I'm going to break down into two, our third one is what's called sales. Sales is one-to-one communication. In reality, however, most companies break sales down into two different divisions. There is the pre-purchase sales effort, which we call sales. And there is the post-purchase sales effort which we call customer service or yeah, customer retention, that kind of idea. But customer service, 
or other companies call it customer retention, whatever else, but customer service, even just, and it's not about trying to upsell them to the next product. It's literally serving that customer is a part of the sales effort. The sales effort doesn't stop when they give you money yeah. because the whole point of this is that we are doing an exchange of value, which means we need to make sure that the customer receives the value. And so customer service is still that one-to-one -one communication. We do advertising campaigns to existing customers, sometimes to just make them more successful. What would an example of that be maybe in like a financial coaching or planner advertise or a advisor context? Yeah. So as an example, I will do a, I'm trying to think of a good example where it's not, where it's a little more broad based. So it's easier to see. I'll give you an example and then I'll try to think of a good example that's more broad based. Okay. So I work with clients. I talk with them about their budget and their spending. And I then send their budget to them two weeks later. Doesn't technically fall under advertising or promotion, but we're going to use it anyway. Okay, so there's an example. I can also run a Facebook ad campaign to my clients that is literally a ad campaign to remind them to set up their, to contact their tax person if they haven't by April 10th. So I could actually have my ad to them. Hey, just want to remind you, if you haven't done it, it's April 10th. If you haven't done your taxes yet, contact your tax person or file the extension. We don't want to get a fi you fined. And I could do an ad campaign literally to my clients to remind them about that. Now, a lot of people say, well, why would you pay for that? I mean, let's be honest. Wouldn't you kind of feel like, holy crap, my, my advisor is doing some uh, amazing stuff. I'm not saying you should do it. I'm not saying you shouldn't. But it's an example of using advertising after the purchase relationship. Okay. Back in 2008, I was running the head of marketing and business development for a credit union. And in 2007, leading up to it, I had devoted the vast majority of my marketing budget to dealing with delinquencies. Hmm. So not trying to get existing new clients, not trying to get clients to buy new loans or buy new products. I had an entire advertising campaign to our existing clients who were delinquent or had things that made them look like they could be delinquent in the future to say, if you're ha it was an ad, one of the ad campaigns was if you're having uh, troubles, reach out to us. We don't hate you. We want to help you. Yep. And so those are examples of ad campaigns where you can do that after the fact. So customer service version of advertising. And then our last component is sales promotion. And sales promotion is all the things that you do that directly support the sales effort. When you run an ad, you are indirectly supporting the sales effort because you're hoping people will see your ad. When you put out a Facebook Instagram or an Instagram post, you are indirectly helping the sales effort. When you go to a networking event and get people's business cards that might be potential clients so that you can follow up with them. That is sales promotion that is directly supporting 
because you're directly getting people to follow up with in sales. When you take a referral partner out to lunch and talk about each other's businesses, I don't mean a potential referral partner. I mean, someone that you've actually been referring with that is directly supporting the sales effort because you're helping them to think of you top of mind. When you enter into one of those contests to win that car in the mall, you have participated in someone else's sales right. effort. Yeah. Sales promotion. Uh, yeah. And so all of, the, all of that is sales promotion. It's a specific type of promotion that is directly leading to a sales rep getting, meaning you as a financial coach, getting an actual individual person that you can then communicate with one-on-one to try and turn into a client. So what's the difference between them? Sales and advertising are two of the major tool categories within one of the four major tool categories of marketing. (laughs) So it is a small part of a small part of marketing. And that's really the difference between them. Often, I mean, I guess I've always thought of them as like, yes, they are different things, but never really thought of sales as part of advertising, which is part of marketing in that sense. Sales is part of promotion. Oh, promotion. Sorry. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So advertising and sales, if you want to sort of diagram it out, advertising and sales are on the same level. They're underneath promotion. Promotion is of those other things, which is underneath marketing. And then of course, if you want to diagram it further, marketing is underneath like the CEO or as a financial coach, marketing is underneath customer hat of who you are as a business owner, who you are as a financial coach. Okay. So when thinking of, cause we had someone recently in the group post about putting together a freebie, for example. Yeah. And this may be a whole other live, but it would be interesting to walk through and say, okay, when thinking of putting something together like a freebie, and we could probably go super deep with this, but like, what are the different things that you should be thinking about? Not just like, how does it look? And what do I say? But kind of on this conceptual level, like, why are you doing the freebie? Who is it for? Where does it fit in your marketing or advertising or sales mix? Where does it sit in the custom or prospect journey or even potential client, maybe who it is if someone doesn't even know who you are yet. That kind of stuff I think might be helpful. And if people want to say, yes, that would be helpful, uh, then we'll know whether to do a live on it or not. But to because at least in my mind, conceptually thinking about like, where does this fit into this journey from someone who doesn't know who I am or stumbles across my site, page, whatever, how does this help move them along the conveyor belt to potential client? And what should I be thinking about as I create it? And how does this impact other things that I'm doing? If they're, you know, she'd mentioned she'd been doing some, I think it was like Facebook and Craigslist, things like that. Okay. It's like, how does it support your overall advertising or sales or marketing efforts? And I take a step back and say, who is your target market? Your niche, your ideal client, your avatar, whatever other cool millennial terms that you place on this. Millennial terms, boomer. You, yeah, you're not really a boomer. You're an Xer, right? I am an Xer. Yeah, an old Xer. Yeah. So, <laughs> just wanted to just want to get a little bit. Just, yeah, dig that a little bit. But yeah, so 
I forgot where we were. Freebie. Uh, say that again? Freebie. Freebie, yes. Thank, thank you. What I will say is, you know, you, you want to start with what are the needs of the customer? And you talked about they were doing it on Facebook and Craigslist. Is that where that target market spends their time? And is that where they're thinking about this particular thing? It's very important that we realize that it's not just, is my target market there? But do they have this aspect of themselves top of mind? There's a reason why people who need checking accounts drive in their cars and commute to work. But there is a reason why on the drive into work, you will hear far more radio ads for business checking. And on the drive home from work, you will hear far more business ads for personal checking. And it's because their professional persona is what's top of mind driving into work. And their family persona, personal per- persona, is what's top of mind driving home from work. Interesting. And just because they are on Instagram does not necessarily mean that that's going to be effective. And just because a company that sells clothing has, is doing great using Instagram does not mean that you targeting the exact same group of people will be successful as a financial coach because when people are on Instagram, this group of people may be using it to look at fashion. My marketing would be, so you want to be able to afford all that crap you're scrolling past? Hire <laughs> me. That might be a better way of going not, about it. Not, and I crap, get into, crap probably wouldn't be the, the best word to use, but why not? Depending on what is, how they what is authentic to your brand and the, what feels right for your for your customer base. If your customer beautiful base shiny things. Yeah. It would probably be beautiful shiny things rather than crap for mine. But to you, Sarah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. a really good point. I had never thought of it that way. You know, and what happens after the freebie? Because a freebie mm-hmm. in and of itself. What's the call to action? What are the follow-ups after that? And I think that's where conceptually it's really important and can get really frustrating. I mean, for myself, I've talked about this many times, like creating a newsletter and doing it on and off for two years and really having no clients come of it because there is no thought to where does this fit in the overall process? I'm doing the writing of the newsletter, but what actually happens after that I'm occasionally making call to actions in the newsletter, but very irregularly. And even those call like click a consultation. Is that what they want to be doing? So, yeah. And you also want to really think about what, why do you have a newsletter? Mm -hmm. And this goes into the idea of where does it fit? I have a newsletter. It is not, I don't think I have, I probably have. But I don't think I've ever, uh, I can't point to an actual client that said that I has gotten, that's worked with me because of the newsletter. But I do not have a newsletter for the purposes of getting clients. If I were to touch with existing ones, just keep them alive. So that's not even the main reason. Don't bury the lead, Josh. Hit us. Come on now. Well, here's the challenge, though. I don't want to say it and then have you guys have everyone think, oh, that's what we should have a newsletter for, because that is what's right for my 
for, for the context of my entire strategy, that is how a newsletter fits in. And one of the challenges is, yeah, that's perfect for my business. But that's because I have this entire ecosystem and the newsletter fits into the ecosystem in this way. But if your ecosystem is different, you don't have an ecosystem. If your client's needs are different, if how you want to run your business, part of it for me is how I want to run my business. It is also having an impact. If any of those factors are different, then what I do it for is going to be not only not right for you, but likely to be ineffective. Well, now that you got that out of the way, you can actually. I do a newsletter so that I don't have to do follow up with with prospects. Uh, I don't have the time to chase clients. I don't want to spend that time. I literally do a newsletter so that after my standard follow-up process happens, which is not very many follow-ups, and most of the follow-ups I don't do, they're done automated, the newsletter is just there to handle the follow-ups for me so that I don't have to. Like I literally have a newsletter for people who have taken a prospect meeting, and I just don't. And they didn't say yes. And I don't push very hard on the sales in the prospect meeting. So for me, it's really a matter of, it's kind of like when it's right for them. It's just a way of being in front of them after they've actually had a conversation, a life conversation with me in a prospect meeting. So for me, my newsletter come doesn't isn't there to generate prospect meetings. It's there so that there is... Somewhat consistent follow up after the prospect meeting that I don't have to manually do and manage. Gotcha. That's the reason I have it. There are other secondary strategies related to it, none of them having to do with trying to get clients directly from the newsletter. She had a question saying, I actually haven't gone out and like socialized. He had an air quotes, any idea of how you market your business besides being engaged on some social media platforms? Mm -hmm. We actually did a video on that. We did do uh, a video on that. Yeah. So probably, yeah, we need to get all of those past videos into the. Called the units or in the. No, in launch somewhere. Yeah, that would be good. So that they're yeah, yeah. That's one of the things that we're going to do soon-ish. You know, we're building grow at this point in time, but we're going to have our virtual assistants go through and auto transcribe through a tool all of our videos, these live videos, in addition to all the current ones that exist in launch, and then put that text in the description of every video so that everything that we say is now searchable. So that when you search for advertising or marketing or sales, it will be able to not pull up just videos in the knowledge center, but videos like this that are are outside of the knowledge center or traditional launch videos. So you can find the content. You're going to have a big old library. I tell you what. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, actually, I'll find that video too, Chi, and just link it here. It'll take me two seconds after we're done with the live. Um, two minutes. Let's give let's give Gary right, a little. Yeah, more. thank you. A little more realistic. Two minutes. Um, and if people have questions specific to advertising, specific to marketing, specific to sales, let us know because we like covering those topics here in the lives. 
Um, those are usually ones that get a fair amount of interest too. So we'll take what was more conceptual and important to have as a framework and then dive a bit deeper and be able to answer particular questions that you have related to each of those three in your specific business. Of course, she says two seconds. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think that's it. Anything else that you want to add before we jump? I don't think so. Perfect. Thank you as always. Have fun. Cool. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you'll be the first to know when a new episodes are released and it helps iTunes and Stitcher and everyone else know that you like the podcast so it recommends it to other people. And if you can think of one person, either a financial coach or someone aspiring to be, who would connect with and be helped by what we talked about today, share it with them as well. And if you're ready to build a successful financial coaching business, FCN has turnkey resources to help you get clients, work with those clients, and run your business efficiently. Head to financialcoachesnetwork.com backslash start here. Thank you again for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast.